I'm Brett Baer. I'm Maria Bartiromo. I'm Brian Kilmeade, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, April 5th, 2021. I'm Trey Inkst. Officials in Jordan are investigating a plan to overthrow King Abdullah II. Of 20 arrests, one of them is the Prince Hamza, who is the former heir to the throne. He was arrested over on Saturday evening, uh, along with other uh, 20 other people. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. Over the weekend, nearly 20 Jordanians were arrested in what's being called a coup attempt. While some were linked to security officials, at least one person detained is a member of the royal family. Prince Hamza bin Hussein, the son of Jordan's former king and the current king's half-brother, was put on house arrest as an investigation got underway. Jordan's deputy prime minister said Sunday the former crown prince and others involved in the plot will be referred to the state security court. Prince Hamza said in a new audio recording that he won't listen to orders barring him from communicating with the outside world. For the first time in many years, um, the kingdom of Jordan has encountered a very troubling time. For more on this story and others you may have missed over the past week, this is Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. And it resulted that um, of 20 arrests, one of them is the Prince Hamza, who is a former... um, heir to the throne. He was arrested over on Thursday, Saturday evening, uh, along with other uh, 20 other people, um, allegedly trying to arrange a coup against King Abdallah II. Prince Hamza and King Abdallah are brothers, are half-brothers. They, ha- they share the same father, the former late King Hussein, and they have two different mothers. It's still unknown exactly what are the charges, despite the fact that the um, Jordanian foreign minister said they have very specific charges again, but he didn't um, portray them. Um, Prince Hamza, on his behalf, has released audio tapes from his house arrest, denouncing his captures um, and denouncing the fact that he's under house arrest. And early on Monday, today, he said that he's going to disobey any of the army uh, restrictions not to communicate with the outside world. Uh, apart from Hamza, as I said, uh, among the 20 people who have been arrested is a former finance minister and an, a, another royal family member who was formerly an envoy to Saudi Arabia. Yesterday, Israeli press said, reported that Hamza's wife turned to an Israeli businessman who is stationed in Berlin, in Germany, asking for his help, raising at the beginning rumors that the Israeli Mossad has been behind this. So far, no confirmation or no no denying it. Um, The Israeli businessman said he's never been part of the Israeli intelligence and they've just been friends. It's interesting the response we've seen from the region on this story, everywhere from Egypt to Lebanon to Bahrain, leaders coming out very directly, giving their support to King Abdullah II, because we do know Jordan is a keystone for the Middle East in terms of stability. It's often seen as the last line of defense for Israel from threats in places like Iraq and Iran. And it's a key U.S. ally. So you have other U.S. allies like Saudi Arabia, for example, that want to ensure they're propping up King Abdullah II and making sure that 
Jordan doesn't become another cautionary tale for the Middle East. Exactly. We heard support um, also from the U.S. And the similarity between all the nations that you have mentioned is they're all kingdoms and they all might one day um, be facing similar things. The timing of this is interesting because um, Jordan once was a very successful uh, in fighting COVID, but um, back in March, a few weeks ago, the spike in cases have risen again and the economy is deteriorating and there are a lot of public demonstrations throughout Jordan. And um, Prince Hamza was also one of the critics toward the uh, king and his uh, policy, his economic policy and his policy against COVID-19. So we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen in the coming days. A lot of attention given to this story in the Middle East for good reason. I want to shift now to a story we started talking about internally after a CNN report about war crimes during the conflict between forces in the Tigray region and Ethiopian troops. There was a, a video that in cooperation with a human rights organization was reported on by CNN showing Ethiopian troops executing prisoners. And this has really come up as yet another example in this conflict of alleged war crimes and focus for the international community to look into these possible crimes. Yes, um, the video that we have seen and who which were delivered by a whistleblower from the Ethiopian army to international human rights organization has been hard to watch. Um, you see in the video um, images of Ethiopian soldiers wearing uh, uniforms. You can identify them by the flags on their and markings on their uniform. Um, executing um, unarmed Tigray men, most of them are men. This is something that according to international um, war laws and according to the international uh, court, criminal court, is considered to be a, a war crime. Um, this is another example of things that are suspected by the international community to be war crimes. We've seen acts of genocide. Um, uh, against Tigray people, children, women, men. We've seen, um, we heard and read horrific evidence um, and eyewitnesses reports on systematic rape of uh, women and teenage girls um, from Eritrean and Ethiopian troops as part of their um, war. It's something that has been discussed in the past in other um wars in Africa um, and is, has been um, acknowledged as a war crime uh, back uh, 10 years ago. Um, and we don't know enough. Uh, the video that was sent to us is dated a month ago. It took more than a month to the international community to see it, to verify it. And now it's going to take a while to understand exactly what needs to be done. Um, the latest estimations of death and wounded are from January. We're almost at the beginning of April now. We are missing three months. And back in January, there were 50,000 people who have been killed. Um, and these were numbers that were very hard to verify. According to what we're seeing and the, the 
some of the reports that we're reading from the brave people who are um, telling them um, these numbers might rise significantly. And we again are witnessing one of the most horrible conflicts, bloody conflicts in the region and one of the most severe humanitarian crises as well. You've been listening to You're Not Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. We'll be right back. You make a great point about information. When we say alleged or possible crimes, the evidence that we have publicly available right now and what's been gathered by whistleblowers and reporters does point to war crimes. And it's an international decision ultimately to play out in courts of when people are actually charged with war crimes. But the evidence that we are seeing points to war crimes being committed. In the same vein of thought, when it comes to information, this will bring us to our last story, and that is uh, Burma, Myanmar, post-coup. There are still protests taking place in the streets. Burmese security forces and the military are still firing on these protesters, killing many each week. What are the latest numbers from Burma, Myanmar, and where are things headed on the ground? 546 people have been killed um, since the coup started back in February 1st. 47 of them are children. Again, these are numbers that um, we cannot verify. We rely on international humanitarian organizations and activists within Burma, Myanmar. Um, In the last weekend, we've seen uh, images from uh, the streets uh, on social media of Brutal security forces activities, uh, random shooting, abductions um, of people. Most of them are medical um, personnel, um, demonstrators, teachers. Um, The Internet, as we said, is down. It's been 50 nights in a row, 50 consecutive nights that the Internet in Burma, Myanmar is Uh, down and there's no um, outside connection to the world, making it very difficult to the people of Burma, Myanmar to relay exactly what's going on in their streets. Um, CNN has managed, our colleagues from CNN have managed to go into uh, Myanmar, but they are under, um, as the Clarissa Ward have said today, under a constant watch by the military junta. Um, and they're monitored. They're not allowed to um, roam around the streets freely. And when they did have a chance two days ago, the people who have been talking to them have been arrested. Most of them have been released after an international pressure. But again, it's something that they cannot vouch for. And again, it's maybe risking uh, the people who are talking to them, risking their lives and their families' lives. Um, The ASEAN Nations Organization, which is a a group of 10 countries, one of them is Myanmar, is trying to set a date for negotiations or mediation uh, with the Burmese government, the junta. Um, However, it's not clear right now if they will cooperate, if they will have enough votes within the organization, um, and exactly when the talks are going to happen. A lot of heavy stories this week. There is one really cool story, our good news story of the week. Over the weekend, the mummies from the Cairo Museum were moved to a new museum 
closer to the Great Pyramids. I've been to this museum a couple of times, the first time with my grandmother when Hosni Mubarak was in power in Egypt. And it was sort of like stepping into the set of Indiana Jones because the corridors of this old Cairo museum were dusty and dark and there were crates stacked up everywhere. They've tried to reduce this and actually move some of the artifacts to a new museum that will give visitors the opportunity to interact more and learn more about these ancient treasures. But there was a parade to move the mummies from this old museum to the new museum. Tell us about it. It was one hour of a magnificent show that the Egyptian government has put. 22 royal mummies, including 18 pharaohs, um, one of them is Ramses II, have been transported to their new home in the new National Museum along Tahrir Square. Each mummy was um, closed in a climate control box, put on a car that was designed like a, like a golden ancient ship and around it there were dancers and actors wearing traditional Egyptian clothes um, carrying lights and dancing and singing along with the orchestra of um, the Egyptian orchestra, the Cairo orchestra gold ornaments and it was like they were floating into the new museum very carefully um, and very slowly. It was streamed online um, for all the history buff and archaeology buff like the two of us. Someone said it was like the modern uh, Indiana Jones covered with gold ornaments and some interactive display that hopefully after COVID, the rest of the world will be able to enjoy and come and visit. Um, Egypt is leaning heavily on tourism and it has been missing in the past year and a half due to COVID-19. Really, really cool story. And those images, remarkable. Certainly go and check them out if you get a chance. You're not feeling a senior Fox News field producer joining us once again on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. You're not. Thank you. Thank you, Trey. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.